0: Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight like the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel... They do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever... Drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers for me. I'm money. I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though we see your kicks and we laugh and yelling mm-hmm. you see me shining like a suit on puffy you know my grind and shit is too strong buddy that's why the dude call money i be stutting like it's nothing at all cause it's nothing to me it's probably something to y'all trying to smoke like me to come and pressure the you can tell my somebody the way you know it's fresh the way you know it's fresh 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 welcome to the fresh of the word podcast i'm your host kelly k fresh fraser And on Fresh as the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. Fresh as the Word is back after a short but sweet hiatus for the holidays and the new year. And this is episode 120. And this week's guest is no stranger to the comic book world, and her name is Heather Antos she was just named editor at valiant comics but before that she was editor-in-chief much of last year at the esports site unicorn along with her time before as associate editor at marvel where she helped launch the star wars series and she was co-creator of gwenpool during our interview we talked about her time at marvel and unicorn along with a ton of knowledge about being an editor and what goes into making good comics please note that we did this interview last month in december when she was still at unicorn and before she was announced as the editor at valiant from what i hear now that she's at valiant look for anto's first project to work with the author of the wilds and submerge vita Ayala, for the valiant's new livewire series and there's also uh hearsay and speculatory rumors that Antos will have some of her own projects, a whole stable of projects, as you might say, in the works in the near future also. So be on the lookout for all of that. But before we get into this interview with Heather Antos, I definitely want to give a shout out to Foul Mouth, Bang Belushi, and Knox Money for the theme music for Fresh of the Word. And I also want to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshethepodcast.com and share any links that you see any of the episodes on any of your social media platforms. And also, you can pretty much subscribe to Fresh is the Word anywhere where podcasts are streamed. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast. Podbean, and Radio Public. Just type in Fresh of the Word, and it should come up. You should subscribe to it. Leave a rating and review if you can, especially on Apple Podcasts. It'll definitely help with the growth of Fresh of the Word. You now, You can also email me at djkfresh at gmail.com if you have anything you want to submit, any questions, any feedback, good or bad, whatever, comments. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at fresh is the word and on instagram at fresh is the word and on facebook at facebook.com slash k and you can also follow fresh of the word on social media on twitter at fresh is the word but that's fresh is is with iz instagram at fresh is the word podcast and in in <laughs> facebook at facebook.com slash fresh is the podcast all right Enough of that. Let's get on to the interview with Heather Antis. I first started following you on uh, Twitter uh, a while back. Um, and it was just like, I've seen everything that you were posting. You were doing like the um, the the Signal Boost Sunday. There's a lot of things that you were doing that are saying, I'm like, hey, this, you know, she seems really cool, really, you know, fun and outgoing. I would really love to uh, eventually talk with her on the podcast eventually. So uh, glad that I'm able to uh, finally link up with you.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, thanks for following. Um, always, always happy to have another follower and help support other creatives. So yeah.
0: So earlier this year, you, uh, you left Marvel to be the editor in chief of the esports betting site Unicorn. You know, how's mm-hmm. it been your uh, your your time during um, this past year with uh, Unicorn?
1: Uh, it's been good. It's been uh, good. They're doing some really cool things, um, you know, breaking some new technologies when it comes to online budding, as well as just getting to venture into the esports scene, which is massive and huge and growing. Um, So it's fun getting to do that uh, and, and, you know, get paid to play with video games.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) You live in the dream.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I can't, can't, can't deny, can't (laughs) deny that.
0: With um with all your you know your past experience, what did you feel like you brought to the table with uh, joining the Unicorn team?
1: Um, well, I had previously worked with my boss uh, Ryan before Ryan Rado. We had worked together. Um, we met, I think, in my senior year of college, working on um a web series called lagged out, which was about esports players. It was about people trying to become competitive video game players. And so when he needed a new editor in chief, um, he asked if I would come on, I always been a real good friend of his. We work really well together and I, you know, I'm always looking to branch out, learn new skills and try new, bar- new opportunities. And so getting to move from Marvel to unicorn, would allow me to, you know, venture out into the world of video games, which I'd been interested in, but also would still allow me to um, to continue to pursue my comics creative work in on, on a freelance side.
0: When I was uh, researching, you know, you online, a lot of stuff that came up uh, had to do with you sort of describing what an editor is. Mm -hmm. You know, in your current role, you know, what is an editor? What do you have to do? You know, what what do you bring to the table? What what sort of uh, responsibilities do you have to sort of bring everything together?
1: I guess it depends on what aspect you're talking about. Are you talking about in comics? Are you talking about in digital media? Because they're two entirely different things.
0: Um, Let's just go with the digital media first.
1: So with digital media as an editor, I mean, um, you're doing a lot of research and fact checking, um, you're, you're sourcing news, um, scooping stories, you know, you're doing work as a writer and you're, um, scheduling, um, scheduling different, different articles between different writers and, and editing, doing your copy editing, rewriting, proofreading, all of that, um, as well as you know, doing event coverage and podcast coverage, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it's, it's a lot of managing, it's a lot of relationships it's in it's a lot of editing.
0: How do you sort of go about managing all the relationships that you have to uh, go through in this position?
1: Um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's case by case, right? You know, I think a lot of it, it comes being a good manager is being able to, um, adapt to your, um, you know, your freelancers, your employees, their different personalities. And, and just, it, it's like, you know, like, like as a teacher, not every student learns the same way. And so you need to teach different ways so that, you know, every single student can learn how to solve math, a math problem in the way that is applicable to their learning style. It's the same thing as an editor. Um, you know, you, you need to learn how your writers work and how your designers work and how best to communicate with them. So you get the, the final product that everyone is can be proud of.
0: What's it mean to be an editor in the comic book world?
1: Uh, in the comic book world, being an editor is a lot like being a, I would say, a producer on a film set. You are in charge of everything from uh, from budgets to schedules to casting to pitching ideas, um, and and giving notes on story and on art and on colors and on covers and doing marketing copy and you know, proofreading and lettering notes. Um, so it's, it's a lot, uh, uh, but, but like anything else, you know, just like I said before, it's, it's, it's a lot of management. It's a lot of people skills. It's sometimes 3am therapy.
0: Uh, (laughs) um,
1: but, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun getting to be, you know, kind of like a team captain and, and such a collaborative creative experience.
0: When you were making this transition from Marvel to Unicorn, you know what was sort of going through your mind about what you wanted to do in this new position at Unicorn in regards to, like, all right, what's going to be my place here? What do I want to do? What do I want to contribute to this uh, company?
1: I think my big thing was I wanted to really delve into, um, you know, the disparity right now between um, – women's presence in the esports industry. Okay. Um, there's, there's a lot of females, I think on the backstage side, there's a lot of women managers. There's a lot of women coaches. There's a lot of women, you know, community managers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there's not a lot of professional female gamers and there's, you know, there's, uh, I I'm very, you know, that's, that's a source. That's a story that I'm interested in because, you know, 50% of gamers now are women. Um, and women are just as good as men in the gaming industry. So why, you know, why is there, you know, a disparity of, of actual professional female gamers? Um, and, uh, we're getting more and more literally Pittsburgh Knights just announced yesterday their first all female, um, PUBG team, which is super cool. Um, and yeah, so it's growing, but, uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's an interesting path to follow.
0: What process do you have to go or do, you know, the, the gaming community as a whole, what do they need to go through to sort of make that di- um, to make that disparity more of a level playing field?
1: I think it comes from just being more welcoming and inclusive. Um, you know, there is there is a lot of trash talk you still get online, you know, um, where women, you know, will the first the first thing someone will comment on is a male gamer's skills, whereas the first thing they'll comment on for a female is her appearances. And um, you know, until until that becomes a level playing field, I think, you know, it's It's a barrier of sorts, you know. If if the first thing that is going to be commented on is has nothing to do with why you're in the industry or why you love what you do, it's you know it's disheartening and it's and it's hard for you. You can't blame someone for not wanting to put themselves in that environment.
0: Oh, right, right, definitely. Yeah, when I was um, doing some more research on you. You know, I saw that you know during your time at Marvel that you were the center of a lot of, of negative, you know, trolls online, the toxic fandom that can be a part of the the comic book fandom. You know, how do you how do you sort of deal with these toxic parts of these fandoms? Because there can be uh, pretty much all fandoms have this toxic part, but um, how how were you able to push through that?
1: I think the important thing is to remember that like. Uh, I was hired for a reason. I'm good at what I do. You know, I think my work speaks for me and I, you know, is, as loud as the toxicity can be. Like I like, I, you know, the support was 10 times louder. Um, and I think what, what has always driven me, um, in my, in my career has been like, I didn't have a me to look up to as a little girl. And I want to be the me, for other little girls that I never had.
0: Right. Yeah. That's something that, uh, yeah, definitely uh, wanted to talk to you about like that sort of uh, what role you want to play to be that, that, that person that you would have loved to have uh, as a little girl. What, what sort of things are, have you been doing in your career to sort of be that person and hopefully be that person to some little girl out there that uh, might come across to you?
1: I think a big thing for me is as uh, like my Signal Boost Sundays, it's I'm always out there, you know, supporting other creators work. Um, I'm always available to talk to, um, you know, students and creators of any age to give advice and, and, and mentor and um, help help them find their path. Uh, I do a lot of speaking opportunities at, at schools and I've worked with different youth groups on um, just, you know, pursuing creative things and, and what, how, how you can, you know, get a career in the video games, esports, and, and comics industries. Um, and I think that's important because I don't think, you know, when I was in school, no one ever told me um, that working in comics was an opportunity that, 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 was a job. Like that wasn't something I discovered until I was in my senior year of college. Um, and so I think, you know, it's super important that kids learn from an early age that there are other opportunities and avenues for them that aren't a teacher, aren't a lawyer, aren't a doctor, um, that are just as fulfilling and just as rewarding and, and in my opinion, way cooler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know, when you're giving this advice out, to, you know, no matter how you're doing it, um, what sort of the what sort of feedback are you getting from people? Uh, what sort of questions are people asking?
1: Uh, a lot of a lot of questions that you get is just how do you do it? Um, and there's no one way, you know. There's no one way to make to breaking into comics there's no one way to breaking into games there's no one way to breaking into esports just like there's no one way to breaking into being the next tom cruise right like <laughs> right there there are so many different avenues that you can take and i think what's most important um, for creative people who have this passion and have this drive is to just do the thing um, like I, I always say, like, if I were to give a Ted talk, its title would be, don't be a dick and do the thing.
0: <laughs> um,
1: because that's, that's like, if you want to make comics, make comics, you know, like that's right. just, just do the work and put it out there and, you know, don't be a dick because <laughs> people remember, you know, it's a small industry. People remember, people remember the people that helped them out. People remember the people that are nice to them and people remember the people who aren't and creative industries are very small industries and everyone talks to everyone and word gets around super fast. Um, and if you're not a nice person, no one's going to want to work with you. And that's just a fact.
0: (laughs) What sort of insecurities do aspiring creatives have? Do you notice? And what do you, you know, what do you think is, you know, some good advice for those people?
1: I think the biggest insecurity that we all have as just humans is fear of rejection. Um, You know, no one likes being told no. And especially as a creative person, no one likes being told no about their arts. Like our art is an extension of ourselves. And so if someone says, no, I don't like that, you know, it can be really hard to not take that personally. Um, But I think what, what is really important is to remember why you're creating in the first place. Um, you're creating, you know, we're, we're all, every creator is a bit narcissistic.
0: That's, (laughs)
1: that's just a fact, you know, we wouldn't be putting our, our work out there if we didn't want people to say it's good. Um, and, and so just like, make sure you're, you love what you're doing and if you love what you're doing and if you're proud of what you're doing, that's all that matters. Um, because if you're doing it for anyone else, then, then, in my opinion, that's the wrong reason to do it.
0: Was there any insecurities that you had to, uh, you know, get past during your career?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I I came into this industry super fast and, and very young, um, for for a lot of people, and um, I I struggle with imposter syndrome almost every day. Uh, and I am constantly trying new things. Like this year I started writing for video games for the first time and like, I have no background doing it. This is my first time doing it. You know, I'm terrified. (laughs) People are going to hate it. Like what, what am I doing? But like, but, but you still got to do it and put it out there. And, and then if people like it, awesome. If people don't, well then cool, learn from that and, and then take those experiences and use that to help grow for your next experiences. But absolutely, I, I, I don't know of any creator that isn't just a little bit insecure about their work. It's scary.
0: Right. What experiences from your past is helping you currently with, you know, writing for uh, video games?
1: I mean, playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a background, so my background is in theater and film. That's what I studied in college. Okay. Um, so I'm used to putting together, you know, stories and projects out of nothing. Um, I have a background um, playing and creating Dungeons and Dragons stories. Um, you know, I've played video games and I've studied script writing and just like anything else, you know, it's just, it's just practice. It's, it's just, it's just practice and trial and error and, you know, making a prototype and sending it out there and, um, seeing what people think. Uh, I've, i found a wonderful mentor. That's, uh, Greg Buchanan, who's been fantastic, um, with helping, you know, mentor me in my games writing. Um, so I, I, you know, I definitely think for any creator out there, like find a mentor, find someone who has the job that you want to have, um, and just reach out and, and ask for help. And you never know
0: when writing for games, you know, what's sort of like the, like the important bullet points to making a good story for it?
1: I think, uh, I mean, it depends on the game. There's so many different types of games out there. Um, you know, where there's so many games out there that like I don't think people realize there is a story. Like, uh, if you've heard of Candy Crush, I'm sure you have. Right. Um, there's a plot to Candy Crush. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I haven't played it, but like I have a I have a friend who writes for for the studio, and and there's a plot to Candy Crush, and so. Um, I think what's important to remember when writing games, um, is the user experience, you know, um, it, it's important, um, in these characters and these stories that the player likes these characters and relates to these characters because otherwise, why are they going to want to spend 80 hours playing as them? Um, and so like, that's, that's an important thing.
0: When, if a person is seeking mentorship, you know, how should they go about it? You know, how did you go about it?
1: Um, so when I was trying to break into comics, um, I knew I wanted to focus on the role of editorial. I wanted to learn more about what an editor does and the way I did it is I just, I took the comics that I read. Um, I looked at who the editor title was and all of them. Um, and I just looked them up on Twitter And I just tweeted to them, and I was just like, hey, um, I want to learn more about comic editing. Can I talk with you? Um, Some people straight up ignored me. Some people said no. Um, And some people said yes. And uh, some of the people that said yes, I then began relationships with. I shared my work. They they you know, mentored me, we had phone conversations and, you know, six months down the road, I ended up getting job offers from two different publishers because of these mentorships.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. With yeah, in the comic book world, it's such a collaborative effort. There's so many people that have their, uh, their niche in what are, you know, making this final product, you know, how do you go about, you know, making sure everything's running smoothly as it can And sort of putting out all the fires and making sure everything goes as best as it can with all these creatives in in the mix.
1: I mean, it varies. It varies on the project. It varies on the creators. And my philosophy is always: if you see a spark, put it out before it can turn into a flame.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> like I, there's, there's a lot of. I, I've met a lot of people, and everyone has their own philosophy. But there's a lot of people that are like, oh, let that be future so-and-so's problem. And I'm just like, no, no, because no, that's that's me. That's then I have to deal with that. I would to deal with it now
0: (laughs) you're talking about me i gotta deal with that
1: (laughs) right like like if i see a burning cigarette on the forest floor i'm gonna put it out like i'm not gonna be like you know california could really deal with another forest fire right now no (laughs) i'm not gonna do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) right 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 so you were um a co-creator of the Marvel character, uh, Gwenpool, which I love that character. There's so much, so much coolness about that. You know, what was your experience with that?
1: Oh my gosh. It was so much fun getting to create a brand new character um, for the Marvel universe, especially one that like, I don't know. It's always scary creating a new character for, for a universe that's been around for that long. You like, you never know how people are going to receive them. If they're going to like them, if they're going to understand them, and to be fair, Gwenpool is a complicated character <laughs> to <laughs> to understand. But it was it was fun getting this assi- assignment of you know how do we create this unique character? How do we make her stand out? How do we make her different from anything that's ever existed in the Marvel universe? Um, and it just came down to me, um, Jordan White and Chris Hastings. We sat down at a diner one day and just like over lunch, just talked about our different ideas um uh you know chris hastings has just suggested like what if she's what if what if she's not from the marvel universe what if she's a comic book fan and it just went from there and um it was really fun getting to play in this headset of a of a girl who you know what what would you do if you woke up one day and you're in the marvel universe right like that's <laughs> That's something that we've all dreamed of our entire lives as fans and right. and now we get to live this out through this character which was super fun.
0: Aside from that, what do you think what, what do you think the Gwenpool character how how why does it resonate with people?
1: Because she's us. I mean, she she is us. She is a comic book fan um getting to meet her heroes, but she's also like I think I think what resonates the most with me um, is that we really get to see her grow. Um, You know, in her first arc, she, because she knows she's in a comic, she doesn't think there are any consequences. Like you're just all comic book characters. So if you die, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, But then she begins to actually foster relationships with these characters and friendships and care about them and realize like, yeah, they may not actually be real, but to them, this is all they know, and and to see her grow and learn to care about these characters in that way, um, in a way that we care about them as fans, I think was just like a really beautiful thing that we all can relate to.
0: Yeah, in the Marvel universe, there's all these great women characters. There's Gwenpool, Spider Gwen. You have Miss Marvel. There's a slew of other ones. You know, why do you feel like it's important to have these? characters that are really resonating with the readers
1: i think it's important you know that we can see ourselves as these heroes um it's it's important for pakistani girls to have a role model to look up to that see like they too can be a superhero it's important for you know the african-american girls to look up to lunella as moon girl and see that you know being smart is cool. And you can, you can, you know, have a dinosaur as a friend and save the world. And it's like, it's, it's so important to have representation, um, equally for everyone across the board, especially for, for kids. Um, because if, you know, as I said, like I didn't have a me to look up to as as a little girl, and I really feel like I, uh, you know, that's something I wanted, and I didn't have that, and I am really excited for the little girls that I get to see now that dress up as Gwenpool, um, be and and like nothing nothing warms my heart more than to see a little girl like dressing up as Gwenpool or dressing up as Miss Marvel or dressing up as Spider Gwen and be excited about it, like that's so. So cool.
0: You were also a part of the launch of the Star Wars series. You know, how was that experience like?
1: Oh my god, like I still can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) I've been a I've been a Star Wars fan my entire life and getting to make Star Wars canon, like I can't there are no words to describe how cool that is
0: Now that's now that's a fandom that really has some insane people, man. What was the feedback about that?
1: Oh, it was so cool! The Star Wars the Star Wars fan community is a very very passionate fan community. They're they're family. I've made some of my best friends through Star Wars fandom, um, and you know. I, uh, two years ago, uh, 2016, I went to star Wars celebration in Orlando, Florida, and hands down, it was the best convention experience I'd ever been to. Um, there was something so beautiful about being in a room with thousands of other people, the same time that the trailer for the last Jedi dropped for the first time. And, you know, you could hear a pin drop, um, You know, because everyone, everyone is there because they love this one thing. Everyone is there because they're so excited and passionate about this one thing. And that is just like if the whole world could be like Star Wars Celebration, we could truly achieve world peace.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, quote of the day. That's great. (laughs) When. When you're a part of the team making you know creating this stuff for the Star Wars Canon, you know what's going through your mind when you're this is a a a passionate fandom? You know, what was going through your mind when creating all of that?
1: Um, I mean, we worked very closely with um. With Lucasfilm Story Group. So uh, it it was a very collaborative experience because um, everything is canon in Star Wars. So the comics affect the books, affect the TV shows, affect the cartoons, affect the movies. Like everything matters. Everything is connected and interwoven. And so there's a lot of collaboration that goes on. It's a lot of streamlined communication. Um, and there's a lot of give and take and, um, sometimes not all your ideas get approved because someone else is already doing something with that character, that planet, that storyline, whatever. Um, having that been said, it's still a lot of fun to get to play with like these iconic characters like Darth Vader and tell, you know, tell the story of when he finds out that Luke Skywalker is his son. Like, like that was such a cool moment to get to work work on in the stories and, and, and get to tell that story specifically. And, um, you know, I think what was really cool is connecting a new hope and empire strikes back in a way that when readers of the comics now go back and rewatch the films, it gives them a different experience when watching the films. And that's, that's hard to do. These films are 40 years old. Um, so to be able to change that experience because of a comic book like that's that's powerful
0: right right when you know for for anybody who's you know out there who thinks comic books are just stupid and dumb what do you feel like the purpose of comic books are for our culture
1: I mean, just like anyone – first of all, anyone who thinks comics are stupid and dumb probably hasn't read a comic book. Right. Uh, so you, to that I say you are speaking on grounds that you have no experience on. I'm not going to talk about rocket science and say it's stupid and dumb because <laughs> I I don't know rocket science. Right. Um but I mean comics comics tell such powerful stories. I mean like look at Mouse, look at Bone, look at Watchmen, look at V for Vendetta. Like there you know there's some very very powerful powerful stuff in there. There you know it's not all just punching and and superpowers like you know there there's so good social commentary um in these stories about religion, about politics, about identity, about what it means to be human. Um, like one of the most beautiful stories I think in the past, uh, in the history of comic books was, was, um, Tom King, gave Walters and Gabe Walters, um, vision, uh, story that came out from Marvel, um, where vision is an Android. Yes. But, like that whole series discussed what it means to be a human and what it means to have a family. And it was a really existential, beautiful, philosophical story um, that, you know, sure it could have been told through prose. Sure. It could have been told through TV or film, but I think the power that it had being told via comics is, is unlike anything else.
0: Yeah, I feel like sometimes when I'm reading uh, certain comics, when they kind of dive into things that, you know, may not exist in real human lives, I also feel like there's this sort of idea of sort of questioning human existence and what's going on in real life and ex- sort of expanding your mind to the what ifs of the world. You know, do you ever feel that?
1: Uh, I'm sorry. Can you rephrase?
0: Yeah. Um, Sometimes when I'm, uh, you know, reading certain comics, cert- the certain things that maybe don't exist in the real world almost have you or we don't think exist in the real world. Almost have you questioning the what ifs of the of the real world. You ever get that?
1: Oh, I mean, for sure. Um, there's, you know, superpowers are nice and all. Um, you know, Superman being this being this powerful human being. Um, but it, it's all allegory. it's all it's all metaphor. It's all, you know, this is human potential. Um, you know, I, I don't think Superman or Captain America, neither of these characters need their powers to be the heroes that they are. Um, they are good people, pure, pure and, you know, heart and soul, they're just good people. Um, and the fact that they have these powers means they get to, you know, they're using them for good things. As, as um, uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so I think, you know, I think what is so cool about seeing these, what ifs, you know, what if I had these powers, what would I do with it? Would I be brave enough? Um, to, to run in front of a, of a, you know, bus that's, that's going to hit people. Like, I don't know. Um, but I know that Superman would do it whether or not he had those powers.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like the what ifs will like get you down this road where you start thinking about what does exist and what you can do in any certain situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Right.
0: And, um, Oh, what was I just going to ask? I <laughs> got really deep for a moment and I was just like, Oh shoot. Um, when I always like to, uh, um, ask this question, uh, when I'm interviewing people, what's been something that's been a, I mean, um, When you sort of look at your career, what's a sort of a lesson or nugget of knowledge that you could sort of extract from your life and career that anybody listening to this, depending, it doesn't even matter what their sort of avenue of artistry that they're in, could sort of project into their own life?
1: Uh, I mean, just like I said before, like, just don't be a dick and do the thing. Like (laughs) I, I wanted to make comics. And so I, I didn't ask permission. I just made comics, you know, and I, and I made them and I showed them to anyone that would look at them and I was willing to help out, um, and, and, you know, just be a good person and, you know, hard work and pays off you know if you if you want to make the thing if you want to make a podcast if you want to make a comic if you want to make a movie if you want to make a book if you want to draw like just do it there's the only thing stopping you is you um and and sometimes that's the hardest barrier to to get past um but i promise you once you get past that barrier and start actually doing the thing you're unstoppable
0: right 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 that's great and um What's what's the future got in store for you? Is there anything, uh, any projects you know coming out that you can talk about?
1: Uh, there's a lot of new things coming out, uh, but I can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of big things happening very very soon for me. Um, I'm I I don't I wish I could say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> going to be a big 2019 that's all you could say
1: yeah 2019 is the year of Antos uh in the meantime though I am editing a bunch of image comics uh Bitterroot uh Redlands and Injection uh those are all available at a comic shop near you um, and yeah keep your eyes peeled on 2019 because I have a lot of huge announcements coming out very very soon that I can't wait to talk about
0: awesome awesome and I always like to end uh all my uh, interviews with the same question who is somebody that's been a part of your career life that I could realistically interview for this podcast that would have some good lessons and stories to talk about?
1: I would, I would suggest uh, Fabian Nicieza. Uh, he is the co-creator of Deadpool, um, and he's a super friendly guy who's been in the you know comics, TV, film industry for a long time and I'm sure has some pretty great stories to tell.
0: All right. That's good. That's great. Thanks for that suggestion. And before we get out of here, where can people go online to get more information about what you're doing?
1: Uh, The best place is Twitter. You can find me at at Heather Antos. That's just my name. Um, And I am on there way too much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're on there a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I came across you and ended up like, I got to I got to get this person on the podcast. So that was my interview with Heather Antos. Definitely a big congratulations to her and her new position as editor at Valiant Comics. You can definitely check the show notes for this episode at freshesthepodcast.com to where you can follow Heather Antos online to uh, you know just follow what she's going to be up to in the uh, near future. She's very active on Twitter, and uh, she does a thing called Signal Boost uh, Sunday where you know she'll just... Anyone who hashtags Signal Boost Sunday, she'll uh, retweet it for you just to, uh, you know, raise awareness of uh, a lot of the creatives out there. So definitely go uh, follow her on Twitter because she's very active on that. So that was another episode in the books. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up uh, in our upcoming episodes. We got a really dope really dope uh, ticket giveaway for a convention that's coming up in Michigan so that will be uh so be on the lookout for that thank you for listening goodbye and good night Fresh is the world